All right, guys, what is up? It's Olin back with another episode of MMA Anomaly. Um, glad to be back. Glad to be making another video. I'm going to go ahead and apologize right off the bat about Charles Rosa. I was definitely wrong on that, but I did say I was kidding. Don't bet the house on that guy. I was just making a joke about his inconsistent record. Uh, I was pretty darn accurate on most of my other calls. I said I thought Cater would win. That happened. I said that I thought uh, Slava Claus would win based on Uriah Faber being so high in praising him. That happened. And my God, what a body shot. He cracked him. Uh, the other thing that I guess would happen is... What did I end up saying? Oh, no, I was definitely wrong about Chase Sherman. I thought Chase Sherman was going to get the win, but that did not happen. Anyways, we will go over the actual fights that happened yesterday on Saturday's card in just a moment. I'm actually super psyched about today's episode because we got our first uh, submitted question. Uh, friend submitted question, fan submitted question, whatever you want to call it. Either way, it is from the homie who is actually a fighter himself, Ian Juice Miller. Let's go! So uh, make sure you support your local fighters. He's actually out here in San Diego right now. He will be fighting on February 19th in Chicago. And uh, yeah, definitely make sure you check out his merch. You can find that on Touch of the Gloves website. And very easy to navigate the website. They've actually got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, they have one of his training partners stuff up there as well, Aiden the Future. So yeah, Ian Juice Miller, without further ado, here is his submitted question slash topic. All right, so question of the day definitely has to be future of each division a year from now. So who's going to be champion, contender, so on and so forth. Um, another great one would be what are your thoughts for who Giga should fight now after this fight? And de most definitely uh, Calvin Cater, does he gonna rematch Max? Uh, what's going to be the landscape of that division? Wow, what a great submission. Uh, that, that, I mean, that's a really really awesome topic slash question thank you ian again for that and i will make sure that i throw up a link in the description and also throw up like some pictures that way you have some visuals of what the uh, actual fight gear looks like for ian juice miller again let's go baby february 19th chicago um so jumping right into uh his content or his question here i think i actually compiled the list so if you see me glance down a little bit because i i had to make a, a full-on list for this one so Thanks. <laughs> uh, so we'll jump right into it. I think for as far as the, the first thing, you know, uh, where do I think each division lies as far as who do I think will be the champion by the end of the year? Um, and shout out to the love of my life, Mary, for running through these with me this morning, um, as well as last night a little bit. So that way, you know, I, I felt confident in these and felt like I didn't sound like a crazy person. <laughs> so for flyweight, I think McLovin is going to stay there. Uh, Brandon, Assassin, Baby, Moreno. I don't see Davis and Figueredo providing a whole lot of um, a whole lot of a fight for him. To be completely honest, I mean the first fight was tough, and I, I told all my friends this. I told a lot of a lot of people this who talked to me about it. I think the first fight was only as as hard as it was for Brendan Moreno because both guys fought three weeks prior. But the difference is Davis and Figueredo had won his fight very quickly in the first round. He took zero damage from his opponent, whereas if I remember correctly, Brandon Moreno was in like a bit of a war right before that fight. So you're in a war, and then three weeks later, you're in another 25-minute war against a dominant champion. And that champion comes into the fight pretty darn healthy, not a scratch. When they both had a full camp and fought, it was pretty evident who was the better fighter and the more prepared fighter. 
and that was the assassin baby, Brandon Moreno. So I think because of that, and because looking at the, the actual complexity of the division, the only person I could see providing him actually any, any real battle or any real difficulty in, in a fight would be Askar Askarov, just because of the wrestling pedigree that he provides. But even then, I just I think Brandon Moreno is too good and too slick on the feet. He's too slick, too quick, too damn pretty, as some people say, right? Um, moving forward, we have Bantamweight. So for Bantamweight, this is the only one that I really felt stuck on. Uh, me and Mary talked about this one for some time, went back and forth quite a bit. And honestly, I think they should just have like a full-on tournament. Like I think Jan is going to end up getting the belt back from Aljamain. Unless Aljamain keeps pushing it back, pushing it back, then I think they strip him of the belt. Either way, I think we need to have a four-man tournament. I think it needs to be Jan, Jose Aldo, TJ Dillashaw, and Enter the Sandman, Corey Sandhagen. Um, if I had to pick one person that I think would be like the surprising uh, champion by the end of the year... I think Corey Sandhagen, I just think that he provides problems for Peter Jan, I think stylistically, um, and if the timelines match up for those two to fight, I just think stylistically Sandhagen would be a very tough match for Peter Jan, and no matter who would win that fight, I think the fans would win. It'd be a very, very fun fight for the fans to watch on that one. Uh, so yeah, that's my pick for Phantomweight. Moving forward into Featherweight, I am going to say Alexander Volkanovsky either will stay exactly where he's at as the champion sitting at the top. Or it'll be Calvin Cater. I think Calvin Cater was the underdog, the forgotten about guy. And realistically, I just think Max Holloway is his kryptonite. I think Max Holloway provided a really, really tough matchup for him. And just stylistically, it was bad. It was bad for Calvin. The, the speed, the way that Max is able to get in and out, it negated most of the boxing abilities that Calvin Cater brought to the table. Now, if you put Calvin Cater's endurance and power and now Ongbok style elbows, like, did that? Did he go spend like two years in Thailand and didn't tell anybody what happened? That was wild, those elbows last night. So I, I really think uh, Calvin Cater can become the champion. I think him versus Alexander Volkanovsky will eventually be the fight to make. Not necessarily right now, um, since, since I'm on the featherweight topic right now. I'll go ahead and just throw this out there since this was a two-parter question from Ian Juice Miller. So... I think the next fight for Calvin Cater should actually be Yair Rodriguez. Uh, I think Yurir, as, as Jill Sonnen says, uh, would be a really good fight for him. He put on a really great fight against Max. The reason I say Yair instead of Max Holloway rematch is because I, Max just had this injury that popped back up. We don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know how serious it's going to be. And I think Calvin needs to stay active. I mean, he took some damage in that fight, but let's be honest. If you were watching the fight, he didn't take a ton of damage, especially compared to uh, Giga. So, yeah, I, I think Calvin Cater versus Yair. And then the winner of that should probably get the fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. And depending on how much damage Alexander versus uh, Chen Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, provides for each fighter... I think the champion will be ready to, to defend around the same time uh, the winner of Calvin versus Yair would be to fight. Uh, when it comes to the loser of last night's fight, uh, Giga or Giga, Giga Chikaze. Yeah, Giga Chikaze. I think he should have to fight somebody below him in the rankings. Because let's face it, I'm not trying to be a bully. I'm not trying to be mean to Giga. I like him, a big fan of his. But since coming to the UFC, he's fought up in rankings. He fights somebody that's three to five places ahead of him usually. And 
everybody that has that luck, typically when you lose, it's time to fight somebody below you. Not necessarily a build-up fight. I'd like to see him fight somebody like a Bryce Mitchell. You know what I mean? I think that'd be great. Put that intense of a striker against that intense of a grappler. Let's see an old-style UFC fight. BJJ versus kickboxing, right? Style versus style. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think both of those fighters should go as far as featherweight. And that's where I think the featherweight division goes. Lightweight, moving into lightweight, I think it's going to be between two people, right? So... I think Islam Makachev is the clear-cut person to become champion, right? I think he beats Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira. I think he beats him. Uh, the pressure, the like, I've, I've trained with that guy a couple times. And let me tell you, he is incredibly strong. And his striking is incredibly underrated. It's just because he doesn't have to use it so often because of how good the grappling actually is. So, I think Islam Makachev. Aside from Islam Makachev, I think the, the other clear-cut people that we can see here, and this is a situational kind of setup, right? So if we end up seeing Charles Oliveira not get the fight against Conor McGregor, which I, I would rather that not happen, right? Conor needs to fight somebody that's not the champion right now. He needs to build himself back up. But that's all the Conor era time. Um, so if Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira, ends up fighting against Justin Gaethje, which is the fight that should realistically happen, right? If that fight happens... And Justin Gaethje starches him because he has one-punch power. He could knock him out. And we've seen uh, Charles get dropped, right? So if Justin Gaethje knocks him out and beats him and gets the belt, then I think it ends up being between Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. And I do think that Dustin Poirier would win that fight. He has won that fight in the past, and a lot of people forget that. So I think if Justin Gaethje gets the fight against Charles Oliveira, he will win that fight. And then Dustin will fight him and win. And so by the end of the year, it will be Dustin Poirier. If that does not happen, then Islam beats Benil Dariush. As much as I love Dariush, Islam beats him. And then Islam gets a title shot and beats Charles Oliveira. That's how I see lightweight going by the end of the year. Uh, as far as welterweight goes, I think, realistically, this one I scratched my head on a little bit. Kamaru just looks so damn good. He's so good. His, his boxing is getting better. His wrestling has always been really good. And we've already seen the Colby fight twice. I thought Colby was going to win the second one. I thought Colby was winning the first one. Um, it just didn't pan out, right? Colby ended up getting beat both times. It happens. So I think Kamaru Usman will either remain the champion all throughout the year, which is kind of a boring answer, or I'm going to throw kind of a monkey wrench into the, the mix here and say Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, has been just sharpening his skills every fight. He went out there and looked incredible against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I truly think that if given the chance, he, he might shock the world against Kamaru Usman. I'd love to see that fight. I think that'd be another one where the fans would win. Um, and I, again, sound off in the comments below, please. So, moving into middleweight, we have Stylebender versus Bobby Knuckles for the whole damn division. Uh, I really think that Stylebender is just too good everywhere. Um, and... One of the things that Mary pointed out this morning is Bobby Knuckles, if the right Bobby Knuckles shows up, he possibly can beat Stylebender. But sometimes that just isn't the case. Sometimes you don't get that aggression. Sometimes you get a more inconsistent uh, Robert Whitaker, unfortunately. And I love that fighter. But as far as consistency, wins, and growth, it's it's got to be Stylebender. So, boring answer. Stylebender remains at the top of the pedestal all throughout the year at middleweight. Uh, moving forward into light heavyweight, I'm going to say... This is probably one of my like dark horse picks. 
I think Alexander Rakic ends up becoming the light heavyweight champ. I think he's proven himself. Uh, the only loss he's had in the last like three years was in December of 2019, and that came to uh, Volkan Ozdemir. And it was a, if I remember, I think it was a split decision. I could be wrong, uh, but I think it was a split decision loss for him. And since then, he's just, he's, he's looked really great. He's grown, his wrestling's gotten better, his striking's gotten better. Um, I mean, he hasn't had, you know, barn burner performances, but he's consistently improved, and that's what it takes in light heavyweight. So I really think that he's a bad matchup for most of the people in the, the division. I think the exciting, easy person to say would be Yuri Prakaska, the samurai with the freaking top knot that gets like 5G reception. Uh, but it's, I don't think he's actually as good as people are giving him credit for. He's strong and he can knock people out, but you have to be, you have to have more than that in the UFC. Everybody knows that. So I, I think Alexander Rockets is going to be the guy to watch this year at light heavyweight. Uh, moving into heavyweight, this fight is actually happening on Saturday and I, so I, I could eat my words in less than seven days, which has happened before. So I think Surreal Ghana is going to end up being the champion. Surreal Ghana has looked absolutely incredible. We've seen the sparring footage of him and the current champion, Francis Ngannou. And I personally thought that he was lighting him up in most of that sparring footage. Uh, now, I know that sparring is very different than fighting. Been there. Uh, but at the same time, if you're sparring the same guy over and over again, and then you fight that guy, chances are... More often than not, the guy that's winning the sparring matches is going to win the fighting matches, right? So I think Sirogan is going to end up winning this fight. I think he's going to make it look like a masterclass. And then I think all the talk of Francis Ngannou trying to negotiate higher pay and saying he's done fighting for $500,000, $600,000, uh, I think it's going to look silly. And I think Sirogan is going to really turn into a star after Saturday. So looking forward to that. Uh, and then, obviously, moving into the female weight classes, we're going to go right into the smallest one. So we have straw weight, and I think I'm just going to have to throw out the, the obvious here and say, Thug Rose! Thug Rose! Thug Rose! It's got to be Thug Rose, right? It's got to be Thug Rose. I just, I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat her in the division. She's so freaking good. She's so good. So, Thug Rose all day. For a straw weight, uh, this, I mean, the women's division is going to be pretty quick, right? Flyweight, I don't think anybody's going to touch Valentina Shevchenko, right? I think there are contenders, but I just think Valentina Shevchenko is too good and she's too technical and she's like, she gets better every fight. Like, you see her perform and you're like, wow, how's she going to be better than this? And then the next fight happens, and you're like, holy shit, she improved. How's she going to improve from this? And then the next fight, she improves. So it's just, it, it's a joy to watch somebody like Valentina fight because as somebody who has trained myself, like it, you, you see these little nuances and improvements and she's just a gift to the martial arts world. And I honestly think she's a Russian spy. She's a real life black widow. Um, moving into the next division, we have Bantamweight. Uh, right now we have a lot of shock and awe right now because Juliana Pena just got the upset win, one of the biggest upsets of the last probably 10 years in MMA, uh, over Amanda Nunez. She made it look like Amanda Nunez quit in there against her. Do I think Juliana Pena remains the champion throughout 2022? I do not. Do I think Amanda Nunez comes back and becomes the champion in 2022? Maybe. But I don't think she's the person that we're going to see sitting at the pedestal, or at the top of the pedestal, by the end of the year. And I think that was the question. So... I think Irene Aldana is going to end up 
making a name for herself in the Bantamweight women's division. I think her boxing has looked really good. Her wrestling negating skills has looked better. And I think if she gets a match against somebody like a Juliana Pena, she's going to provide problems. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. And uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, do you agree with me or disagree with me on any or all of these picks? And if you do disagree, who do you think is going to sit at the top position by the end of the year since you disagree with me? Please, I'd love to hear it. And then maybe I'll make a video going, uh, you know, putting my pick against your pick. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So let me know in the comments section below. And now I guess we can do a quick run through of some of the fights from last night. So I feel like we've already talked about a lot of the fights from last night, or at least a lot of the like more exciting ones, right? Um, Slava Claus with the body shot, boom, just ripped, ripped, missed one to the right, threw one to the left, and just snapped into his opponent. Drop the guy. That was beautiful. Um, I know at the beginning of the video I said I was wrong about the Chase Sherman fight, which I was, but I, I don't actually think I mentioned that in the last video, so I'm fine. The one that I did mention in the last video was Brian Boom Kelleher. I thought he was going to end up going out there and getting the win over the bad guy with the comb swoop, Kevin Kroom. And he did. He did. He ended up going out there. He fought a hard-fought win. He got a decision. And uh, let's go. Drop a new mixtape. Uh, I want to see him rap battle Bryce Mitchell. I think that'd be funny. I think it'd actually be fun to watch. So uh, both of them have really good rap skills. Both dope guys. Uh, great win, Brian Boom Kelleher. And yeah. So looking at the Coco main event, we had Brandon Raw Dog Royval. And he was going against Rogerio Bontorin. And I think I said that I that uh, Raw Dog was going to pull off the win. And he did. He did. He ended up pulling it off. It was a fantastic fight. Uh, Rogerio Bontorin did the old Brazilian tap. Um, if you know, you know. If not, look it up. <laughs> and yeah, that was a great fight. I think uh, Brandon Royval really, uh, you know, it was a great comeback fight for him. He looked really good. Uh, Bontorin was landing big shots in the first round, but throughout the entire fight consistently, uh, you had Raw Dog just coming through, man. And, and he was landing... Big shots, crispy shots. He looked really clean. And one of the guys in my MMA chat, shout out Kiai, said that uh, he felt like he was moving too fast and that he needed to slow down. 100% agree with what he said. I think if Brendan Royval would slow down a little bit, because like he was throwing up submission attempts, submission attempts, submission attempts, but he wasn't setting things up and he wasn't taking the proper steps to get there, right? So it's, uh, it's like climbing a ladder, right? You climb one step at a time. If you start trying to jump up like eight steps, unless you're on Ninja Warrior, you're defeating yourself. You're not doing yourself any favors, right? Uh, and most of the time, you're not saving yourself any time because you're going to end up falling or losing that position, right? Which is what would end up happening in that fight. So um, take your time, slow down a little bit. And I mean, you're, you're going to be a star, dude. You're freaking crushing it. Uh, and then obviously the main event, talking about stars, I said, like, y'all must have forgot, man. Calvin Cater, he ate all those shots against Max Holloway, but that's Max Holloway. Most people that fight Max Holloway eat tons of shots. The guy's a freaking just, he's a phenom. He's a beast. So he came out after, uh, I believe it was like a 364-day layoff, like just shy of a year layoff. After that beating he took from Max Holloway, he took the proper time off. He let himself heal. Then he got back in there. He sharpened the sword. He, he worked on all of his skills. And the boxing looked great. And I was expecting just like your, your typical, you know, normal boxing. Dude was throwing on back elbows. He was throwing up elbows, slicing elbows. He did a couple like down elbows. Like honestly... The, the elbow game was something that we've never seen from Cater before. And you asked Giga how that felt. Like he had slices on his cheek. 
up his eyebrow, down his eyebrow, across the other eyebrow. He had one across the bridge of the nose. Like the amount of little cuts that he was able to deal with those precise elbows was just insane. Beautiful, beautiful work from Calvin Cater. And uh, the Boston Cartel lives. I'm looking forward to watching him rise. And honestly, again, going back to what I said earlier, I think that guy has potential to be the champion of his respective weight class this year. I can't wait to watch that. And uh, yeah, super happy to have fights back. Super happy to have you guys. And thanks again, Ian Juice Miller, for the submission. Look forward to getting more submissions from you guys. Uh, anybody that's watching, feel free to just shoot me a quick video clip. Not hard to do. And I would love the feedback. Would love a topic to go over. And would love to give you a shout out. So like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, all that stuff that you do on YouTube. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in about another week after these crazy fights that we have coming up for the big pay-per-view. Later, guys. Enjoy the hostilities.